0: Well, like I had said just a minute ago, we're starting a new series. And we're looking at and just going to walk through the the ginormous book of Colossians. It's uh, Colossians can literally be read in about 15 minutes. And so it's uh, it's one of those, if you want to feel real good about yourself and give yourself a pat on the back and say, I read a whole book in the Bible today, well, then just crack open Colossians and you can just... Get through it and make yourself feel real good and, and spiritual for reading a whole book. And um, so it's uh, a, uh, but it is just full of practicality. A lot of what we do here, I, I do a lot of teaching on subject matter. But every once in a while, I like to just take one of the books and just, we just run through them. Paul has a narrative and has something to say, and we're just going to be looking at it. So if you've got version open, your notes ought to be up. If you have your bulletin, you just follow right along. And uh, we're just going to launch off with this truth. That the biggest truths in life often seem to be so basic. But those basic truths are the foundation on which everything else is built. That everything else is built and we don't get away from the foundation more than whenever they built this structure here. Did they have the foundation build it and then pick it up and move it somewhere else and get away from the foundation This is stuck to the foundation. They had to do everything with the foundation. And when it comes to our relationship with with God and us living life in Christ, we don't get away from those foundational things. And if we do, we destroy the structure. We don't destroy the foundation. The foundation is the foundation. We destroy the structure. We destroy everything that tries to get built on it. So we want to make sure that we're doing this thing right. Back, uh, I've shared with you all before, back in 2008, me and my family did quite a bit of, of traveling, traveled for the, for the bulk of that year, and we had uh, seven people at that point in our family, Colin had not come along, and two dogs, and we lived in a motorhome, traveled around in a motorhome, and we're visiting churches and having this incredible time of allowing God to, to just stir us up and teach us about what we're doing, even this morning, about what we're doing today. And... Well, I'd gotten this motorhome. Well, motorhomes are—you just almost need to be like an engineer to run one. I mean, they have all sorts of little systems and all of this stuff. And and I picked—I uh, picked some of the best brains I knew. Even Terry Swanson's daddy, who's a big-time motor homer—I talked to that man and learned all I could. Had his name name on speed dial in case I ran into some problems. And but we went out and went to to use it for the first couple of times well the very first place we ever used it was nice and level so we didn't have too many issues but when we got into a campground that was not level and it was on an angle well this motorhome had these little these little things that would come down and help level it these little foot things and uh they had a system that you just punch a button and you just let it do it And it's supposed to just self-level and do this thing all by itself. So I I do that. I push the button. It does so much. And then our motorhome is still sitting all cockamamie. And so I undo it and try again and try again and try again. And I couldn't get it. So I'm thinking something's busted. And the first couple of times we did that. And it felt like we were living in a funhouse. I mean, you try to walk in and you're like, you know, you want to go straight and you aim over here. So that you can get to where you 're going, it was just all crazy. Everything would roll off the cabinets, everything it was just it was just an absolute mess and finally, I go and, and i 'm talking to some people and, I, and they tell me, "Well, what are you doing? I tell them what i 'm doing and so they had to finally they backed way up to the beginning, and they say, "When you do this, is the engine running or not running?" Well, the engine 's not running Well, this is a air pressure system you're running out of air that's why it's not finishing you have to leave the engine running and if you leave that thing running then everything works i left the engine i thought you needed to turn it off i'm done driving it turn the thing off but you had to leave it going this thing had to be running for the foundation to be put into place and then once that was done it was perfect it was awesome it was level and it worked every time but when that foundation was off, it threw everything off. The drawers would pop open. Trying to take a shower and it's like a slip and slide. If I just lean against the wall, I'm gone as far south as I can go. It's just a mess when things when the foundation is off. And so, this Colossians, Paul is bringing the Colossian church. Back to the foundation. They had tried to begin to make it. About some stuff. That it wasn't about. And folks. That our. Christianity. We can easily begin to make. Our relationship with God. About something else. Than what it really is about. And guess what. What we start with is what we walk in and what we end it with. And this is what we're talking about. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. I know this isn't in Colossians, but it just states my point so perfectly. It says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one of you should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ jesus is the foundation everything comes back to him everything points to him everything is about jesus we don't move anywhere other than make sure that we are focused and growing on christ you see the colossian believers were doing what we are endeavoring to do what we want to do as a church what our vision is and our vision is what? To know God better and to trust Him more and to have this cause us to love God and to love others. Well, They were actually, they were actually living this out. Let's look in the very first part of Colossians 1. It says, we always thank God. This is Paul and his cohorts that he traveled with. They as a group always thank God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for the Saints here. They've heard of their love for God and their love for others and the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you have all <clears throat> already heard about in the word of truth the gospel that has come to you and all over the world this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth that that which they had started that which they had begun in it has been continuing to grow in them that it has been continuing to grow First John 4 says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him, and he in God, and he <clears throat> and we, ah, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. It stays back connected. These things of knowing God. And trusting Him, loving Him, and loving others are all interconnected. We start by the, with the gospel and everything is built on the gospel. What is the truth of the gospel? The fact that you and I, outside of God, don't measure up. That God sent Jesus to measure up for us. And that when we have faith in Him, that we are right with God. That is where we start and that is what we build on. We don't build on all of a sudden now we can, now we can do it. Well, Jesus kind of gave us a little catapult and now I've got it and I can move on. Jesus kind of gave me a little springboard to jump off of and now I can, I can get this. I just couldn't get to the first rung, God. First rung was really high. But now that Jesus put me on the first rung, well then I'm, I'm, I can climb the rest of this myself. No, 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 no. We start and we carry on. With Jesus, see, we don't move past Jesus, folks. We don't move past Jesus. We move deeper into Jesus. Colossians goes on to say, "For we, for He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation." For by him all things were created. So here we are. We're beginning to see that Jesus was much more involved. This this thing about the cross and why Jesus is much more involved than just there. For by him all things were created. Things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers and rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. I love it that He is the firstborn from the dead. Who's the rest of the born from the dead? It's us. It's us. It's us. And so that in everything... He might have supremacy. You know the old joke that people say: How far can you walk into the woods? Halfway, because then you're walking out of the woods. Well, so many times people think, well, you know, we can. You can only go so deep into this thing of Jesus, and then if you want to keep going deeper, well, you, you've got to you've got to get into something else. You've got to you've got to you've got to choose this, and you've got to choose this 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 other doctrine, or this other thing, or this this other this other piece everything that is on that foundation stands anything that tries to come in outside of that gets has to be cut off it just doesn't work what we can end up doing is this spiritual one-upmanship okay well we started with jesus we started with jesus and this was a good thing but now we've got to now we've got to go to this other level Man, we, we acknowledge and appreciate the ministry of the Holy Spirit at Celebration Church. as part of our doctrinal beliefs. We believe that what Jesus did in the book of Acts, that Jesus still does today. We embrace the, the gifts and the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit. 100% completely. Okay? We do. But, as that we don't feel like that Jesus was the springboard and that the Holy Spirit was the next thing that then we have to go into that you know what the ministry of the holy spirit does the holy spirit points us back to jesus he reminds us to jesus he brings glory to jesus he points us back to the work of jesus he brings revelation and understanding in our hearts of what jesus had done on our behalf that's why if we think we have to begin to then build on the holy spirit then we can begin to get off but if we understand that the work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is building in our lives on Jesus, then we can cooperate and build at a faster rate via the Holy Spirit. But we don't. Then we, if we begin to make, make our relationship about the Holy Spirit, then all of a sudden we can, get, we can begin to get off. But when we understand the work of the Holy Spirit and the reality of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that it all comes back to Jesus. It all comes back there. That is when there is this harmony and this unity of the gospel and this truth. And if we're not careful, we can get into this spiritual one-upmanship. This thing that just, just got to, well, that's all cool and good, but man, we're going to take it bigger and we're going to take it bigger and, and it's just got to keep getting out of control. See, because there was, I went to college and did my, my secular degree at ASU and um, lived on the 10th floor, lived in the penthouse, on the highest floor there. And, uh, which was all well and good until the elevators went out. And, uh, then he got some good cardio. And, uh, had, uh, some guys that, uh, uh, we love to just, we love to just mess with each other. So, it's college, you, you play pranks, you do this kind of stuff. And, um, I, I don't know if anybody remembers the old cartoon Ren and Stimpy. Oh, Ren and Stimpy. Okay, there's a, they had these little pseudo commercials about, uh, log, and we would sing this little log song that's, uh, it's a takeoff on the Slinky commercial. Anyways, I won't, I won't, I'll spare you and I won't sing it for you. And, um, but anyways, this, so there was just this little joke about this log. And uh, so I walk out and open my door one day. And here is this little log sitting in front of my dorm door. And it's just sitting there and it has a little note pen to it. I don't remember what it said, but that they had, had pranked me with this little log. And so we're like, okay, sure, all right, it's on, buddy. And uh, so I had a pickup with an eight-foot bed on it, and we go down to the river to find a bigger log. And uh, we found a nice, big, 12-foot-long dead tree and stuck it in the bed of my pickup and waited for the opportune time. And when you're in college, you don't get up at the crack of dawn for nothing, unless it's a good prank, and then you get up. And so we set our alarms because we knew that the doors unlocked at 6. And we were going to have to sneak it in, the back doors, and they unlocked it. And so we carried that ginormous log up all these flights of stairs and made it all the way up. Got it through and positioned in front of their door and put our own little note on it. And I left it so they opened their door and they don't just trip over a little log. They're like confronted with this log. And uh, it's just right in their face, this huge log. And uh, of course, the uh, stories <coughs> went of the janitors cussing whoever did that. Um, they actually had to get a saw and cut it into pieces to take it down the elevator. And uh, but it was just this one thing. And of course, then the next joke that they do to us is it's, it's unlog related, and it just gets it just grows and grows and grows. But you just there's this thing that you just wanted to just. Well, oh, we just got to do this, this new, bigger, next thing. Guess what, folks? Jesus is the big thing. Jesus is. And we are just on the tip of the iceberg of learning the fullness of what Christ did for us. That's why we don't move past Jesus, we move deeper into Jesus. That's why the ministry of the Holy Spirit takes us deeper into an understanding of what Jesus has done on our behalf. When he said it is finished, folks, there were more things finished than we've even wrapped our minds around. Our kids and our grandkids are un- going to understand some things about the completed work of Christ that we just, that we just don't even get yet. Why? Because we're all moving from faith to faith, from glory to glory. God is moving us forward, but it is not past Jesus, it is deeper into Jesus. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is all there. Hebrews 12 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and the perfecter. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He starts it and he moves us forward in our relationship. It all, folks, comes back to Jesus. Revelations 21. Jump to the end of the, end of the book. And it says, and this is Jesus <clears throat> who uh, the revelator is talking about. This is John the revelator saying, and he, and, uh, he said to me, It is done. I, Jesus, am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. Folks, this is what it is. It is just understanding and being connected and embracing our Savior. It is understanding what He's done for us and what He wants to continue to do in and through us. And the found another foundational piece of this is understanding this. And this is something we at Celebration Church talk about all the time. And Paul brings it up again right here in Colossians. That in Christ we are without blemish and free from accusation. Folks, if you don't have that as a foundational piece of your understanding of who Christ is and what he's done for us, all of a sudden, your relationship with God is going to take a left turn or a right turn or go into reverse or something. And all of a sudden, you're going to start trying to work to earn your right with God, your connection with God. You're going to mess up and you're going to bail out because he's going to, you're going to think he's mad at you all over again. Well, I'm sorry if somebody had some bad theology and they tried to beat you into submission with the fear of the Lord and, and, and trying to, to make you to toe the line and act right. You know what? Jesus, what, how bold, how incredibly loving and bold that He said that He could take it all and set us free and believe in us that much that love would move us forward. That it, we talked about it last week that we were able to, to serve Him without fear. Without fear that he's able to say, come on. I'm not going to do the carrot thing with you. I'm not going to do the puppet string thing with you. I'm not going to do the the, the stick behind the back thing with you. I'm going to love you and I'm going to set you free and you're going to grow in me. Oh my gosh, it is absolutely beautiful. Colossians 1 says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Don't move from that. Don't move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and have been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Stay in that. Move in that. We are without blemish and free from accusation. Ephesians 5 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Well, we could just just preach a whole thing on that, guys. My goodness. No. My wife said, do it. And so, uh, but man, you talk about a standard. Mm. Mm. Lord, help us husbands. Let us do that, God. We want to do that. We want to love our wives like that, God. And to make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word and present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That's the work he's doing. That's the work he's doing. He's not trying to load blame on us. He is freeing us from blame. Revelations again it says and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down you know if you get feeling accused it's not Jesus Jesus dealt with their accuser there's an accuser out there we have an enemy who hates your guts it's just the truth And he wants to try to lie to you and get you back under this junk so that you derail off of Jesus and make some sort of Christian religion-esque thing that messes everything up. We have to stay focused and stay connected with Jesus. Jesus loves us so much he gave himself up for us. Oh, how beautiful. Our enemy, the accuser, is dealt with. He's dealt with. He's been hurled down. You see what Jesus does with accusers? We see kind, sweet Jesus. We see Jesus holding the lamb. You got those pictures everywhere. You know what I love? I love the picture of Jesus, the carpenter with the Popeye forearms grabbing the accuser by the throat and hurling him down. I like that Jesus. That's one of the see right there in that one. He's both of them. He's both of them. Mm. That accusing thing, we just can't live under that. So this causes us to be. We are open with, uh, with people about what Jesus has done in our lives, and we do this out of love for Him and love for others. People, this, we don't have this pressure on us, this pressure to, that we have this mandate of some God whipping us to share the Gospel with other people. You know what, when we really get a hold of what Jesus has done, when we really understand it, all of a sudden it ought to just naturally flow. Nobody tells me that I have to talk and brag on my kids. I love them. So you you spend too much time with me and you're going to hear a story about my children. You're going to understand that I love them and I think they're awesome. I know they're not perfect, but I'm going to talk about how good they are. Why? Not because I have an obligation to do it, but because I love them. That's the way it's supposed to be with our relationship with God. Colossians 1 says, We proclaim Him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. We share with them because we care about them. We care about God and we care about them. And this Jesus thing changes our lives and He'll change theirs too. And to this end I labor, struggling with all His energy. Which so powerfully works in me. See, this was even what Jesus did, folks. This is what Jesus did. Luke 4. God's Spirit is on me. This is Jesus talking. He's chosen me to preach the message of the good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to his prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burdened and battered free, and to announce that this is the year to act. How the message translation puts it. Jesus did it because he cared. Jesus preached the gospel not because he was, had this weight that Papa God was driving him to do it. It's because he loved people. And he cared and because the truth matters. See, 1 John says, We proclaim to you and have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? We want to see people reconnected with God, but we also want to see people connected with us. You know, when we share the gospel and connect, then people get newly connected with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. See folks, living, in, living life in Christ starts and grows and ends with Jesus. Choose to stay and remain focused on him, and you will truly build on a firm foundation. It's about Jesus, folks, it is it is you come to Celebration Church and we're going to talk all the time about Jesus about the work that he's done about the grace and the love about what God wants to do in and through you it's just, we're just never going to move off of it I just, we just refuse to because that's the foundation on which this life with Christ is built in this moment as we're winding down I'd appreciate it if everybody could just kind of quiet everything down and, and even bow your heads we want to make a quiet moment here a little private moment. That if you're here and you're ready to embrace that. And say, I, I understand the gospel maybe, maybe in a new way. Before I thought that I had to raise my hand and say, Ooh, I'm, gonna, I'm now going to do it right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what he tells me to. No, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to make some fresh man-made commitment to live up to some sort of standard. What I'm asking you to do is to be honest with yourself and say, you know what, I need a Savior and Jesus is him. And then I will be, once that happens, then his life will begin to work through my life and he'll begin this perfection process and this stuff that frustrates me and other people in my life, he's going to work on that. Then it's him and not just us. If that's you and you want to embrace Christ as Savior and and Redeemer, I want you to just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you.